to the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. Before we get started, a quick reminder that these podcast episodes are released every Monday evening, and they are then available on my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver on Wednesday evenings. So if you do want early access to these episodes, then make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Right, the case we're going to be looking at this week is The Crown on the application of Hicks and Commissioner of Police for the Metropolis. The citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 9. This case centres on the royal wedding between Prince William and Kate Middleton that took place in April 2011. The individuals involved were protesters who were arrested on the day of the wedding in order to prevent imminent breaches of the peace. Once the wedding was over, they were all released without charge, having been detained for periods ranging between two and a half and five and a half hours. In this case, the actual arrests and even the overall policing of the wedding were not in question, but rather it was argued that the actual detention was a violation of the right to liberty under Article 5 of the European Convention on Human Rights. Of course, Article 5 is not an absolute right, and there are two exceptions relevant to this case that can be found under Articles 51b and 51c. In particular, 51b allows for detention when fulfilling an obligation prescribed by law, while 51c offers the legitimate purpose of bringing a person before a competent legal authority when they have either committed an offence or are about to do so. Before we look at the decision of the Supreme Court, it is important to note that a very similar case was heard by the European Court of Human Rights, as our case made its way through the UK courts. In Ostendorf and Germany 2015, a Werder Bremen fan was arrested in anticipation of football hooliganism before a match against Eintracht Frankfurt in 2004. He was not released until after the match had finished, and so similar points surrounding Articles 5.1b and c were raised. Interestingly, the Supreme Court almost entirely disagreed with and discounted the reasoning of the European Court. So, for example, as far as defining an obligation under Article 5.1b, the Supreme Court held that a general obligation not to break the law was not sufficient as it was not specific enough. Mostly though the case focused on Article 5.1c where again the Supreme Court disagreed with the reasoning of the European Court of Human Rights. In summary, the UK court felt that 5.1c could be used to detain someone so that they don't commit a crime and then to simply release them shortly afterwards once the danger had passed. The reasoning behind this does seem to make a lot of sense because if Article 5.1c was applied strictly as was the case in Ostendorf, then a person would have to remain in custody for much longer than necessary, just so that they could be brought in front of a relevant legal authority. If this was the case, then it would simply be a waste of the police's time, the magistrate's time, and the individual's time. Given the stark disagreement between the Supreme Court and the European Court on Human Rights, it would not be surprising to see the individuals involved in this case appeal to Europe. However, while it would be good to get clarification on these legal points surrounding Article 5, given that there were dissenters in the Germany case, it should be bore in mind that Ostendorf did lose his case, and even given the differing interpretations in that case and in Hicks, the police's actions were held to be lawful in both instances. 
Overall, this case reminds us that when it comes to exceptions and indeed a general flexibility, Article 5 is a right that continues to be very open to interpretation. There is a great feeling that while the right to liberty is of huge importance throughout the history of Western jurisprudence, it is also important that the legal authorities are able to carry out their role in society. Perhaps in recent times there has been too much of a move towards the arguments put forward by these authorities as a reaction to an upturn in the number of terrorist incidents across the continent. But there may also more widely be something of a pushback against using human rights arguments to legally oppose things that people simply don't like. A pretty good example of this was seen this week where an appeal to open up civil partnerships to heterosexual couples was rejected in the Court of Appeal. No matter what you think of this issue in particular, the question is clearly more one of policy that ought to be decided upon by Parliament. Throwing together a human rights argument and trying to effect a change in the law this way only serves to demonstrate a lack of knowledge as to how human rights law operates and is a waste of resources that could be better spent lobbying for actual changes through political pressure on MPs. Well, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast. Thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the awesome theme music. You can subscribe on iTunes as well as other podcatcher apps and also remember to check out the YouTube channel I mentioned at the start. You can follow me on Twitter, I am at Marcus Cleaver and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Bye!